Hello, and welcome to Queen Bees, where two 80s babies that drink, curse, and tell it like it is are here to inspire, encourage, and empower others. No candy coating here, with the occasional cursing and lots of laughs. I am Tina, and I like white rum, true crime, and a good time. I'm Lisa, and I love riding my Harley, traveling the world, and a damn cold drink in my hand. Welcome back for a fresh new episode of Queen Bees, with yours truly, the Queen Bees. Hi guys! What is you drinking tonight? I just have water right at the moment, but I will be having some wine with dinner tonight. Me too. I don't know about the wine. I don't think I have any. I drank it all. Oops. Juice bag. Uh, that happens. But I could make myself a nice Bloody Mary. Mm, sounds so good. Anything new this week? Um, nothing too crazy. Just uh, putt-putting along through life over here. I feel like I'm kind of getting caught up since all the crazy 4th of July stuff. And my house is finally cleaned up a little bit. Um, let's see, what else did we do this week? Um, I did actually get the motorcycle out this past weekend and went for a little ride, which was super nice. My son actually insisted that I take him to his friend's house on it because he wanted to look really cool. So he showed up and then he saw his buddy like run away and hide. And he was like so disappointed because he wanted his buddy to come out and be like, oh, wow, dude, that's so cool. So then he wouldn't get off the motorcycle until I went and got his friend and had his friend come over and make sure that his friend saw him. I told him he was a total dork, but it made him happy, so whatever. And then Avery and I went for a nice little motorcycle ride um, just to town. There was some music playing uh, out on the street, and that was nice. So just a nice, calm weekend, which was well-deserved and needed. We didn't do a whole lot on the weekend either. We did go down the river on Sunday, and the kids and my in-laws went in kayaks along with my husband, and I took the paddleboard. Is the water high enough for the paddleboard to do that? Yes. I did not get stuck stuck. I mean, it was low. My fin was going through the sand, but not, like, stuck. Okay. So it wasn't too bad. My leg is... Still healing. The back of my thigh is all black. So hopefully it starts turning like yellow soon. (laughs) (laughs) But it's getting there. Other than that, I really don't, I'm not caught up on anything. I think I'm going to take this weekend to just get caught up on things. We also have to put our swim raft in at my in-law's. So the kids can start riding their bikes over there during the day since summer school's all over. And we still have to get our trampoline set up. So yeah, we're way behind. Yeah, that happens. And for this week's episode, we're going to be talking about the pros and cons of having your child in sports or other extracurricular activities. All right. Why don't you start? 
Well, I think that the pros and cons are going to vary depending on what kind of sport or activity you have them in. Um, me personally, I feel like it is always a pro to have your kids get out of the house and meet other kids. Um, our kids obviously are in public school, but even still at the age that our younger ones are in, it's the same kids in their class every day. And unfortunately with how everything shook down this past year with COVID, they couldn't even see kids from other classes. So like Hunter's best friend wasn't even in his class. So he like never got to see them because even at recess, like the kids had to stay with their class because of all the crazy COVID stuff. And hopefully that's all done and over with now, but normally and in general, it's nice for kids to kind of learn to interact with other people. And I think it's also beneficial to them to get out of the house and do something without you so that they don't always feel that they need to be attached to you every minute of the day. Um, especially, you know, the older that they get, I feel like that becomes more and more important. Um, I think one downside though, is that you don't always know the kids, you know, and that can be anything school or the school bus or anywhere that they go. Um, you don't always know how things are going to be taught there or how projects are going to be done or activities. And you don't know all the kids that are there. So if they get, you know, paired up with a really naughty kid and they pick up some naughty traits, well, that's going to suck. But I feel like that's inevitable no matter where they go and what they do. Um, but I definitely think getting out of the house and meeting new people is a skill that they don't realize that they're learning, but they really are. And I think that that's definitely important as they grow throughout life no matter what they do, because then even as they get older, let's say they join a sport and even though it's through school, they might be paired up with older or younger children and they'll need to learn how to work with others and get along and things like that. So I think that that's definitely like one of the biggest pros that there is to having your kids in activities or sports. I also feel that now this one specifically comes to mind based on last night. Um, my, my daughter is in gymnastics and she will tell you herself, she is a sensitive child and she cries about fucking everything. Sometimes it's actually annoying, but I know that it's her because like, even as I was pregnant, I would cry about stuff that was really stupid, like legit, not kidding. Seeing Lion King a million times was watching it with my son while I was pregnant with Avery and I cried when Mufasa died. And I was like, what the hell? Like, I knew he was going to die. It's not like it was a surprise. <laughs> and meeting her now, it's like, that is literally her. It was all her. It's so true that, like, they can, like, you feed off of each other while you're pregnant kind yeah. of concept. Um, so to this day, we still kind of laugh about that one. But I noticed last night at gymnastics how much it can also build confidence. You know, and it wasn't just my daughter. It was a couple of girls. They were learning a new thing and they were all in the same group with my daughter. And some have been in gymnastics longer than her or shorter than her, but they were all struggling to learn this new like bar flip. And a bunch of them keep going, I can't, I can't, I can't. And the, the coach who I'm very impressed with, by the way. Um, so the main coach is, is an adult woman who does this, but a lot of her littler coaches are actually high school girls who help out with this. And the one that was working with my daughter last night is actually just a high school coach. And I guess I shouldn't say just a high school coach. Cause I was thoroughly impressed about her kind of encouraging the girls that it's not, I can't, it's that you haven't yet, but you will, like, it's how you're looking at it. 
And when Avery was specifically struggling with one part of it, she kind of broke it down for her a little bit more. And I could see it was building Avery's confidence. Now, I know this is just gymnastics and how are you going to use gymnastics later on in life? But it was the fact that she took something that she was upset about that she couldn't do and took a step back to look at it and keep trying to do it with that extra encouragement. So I can see how, you know, not just that, but any sport in general, whether it's soccer or basketball, and you have those coaches leading them and encouraging them. And it's not just a parent all the time, because of course, parents are going to encourage their children to do better and things like that. But having someone else there, you know, an outside person, I don't want to say a stranger, but that outside person that's pointing them in the direction to make good choices, make good decisions, learn from their mistakes, correct their errors. You know, I, I found that pretty interesting. I was like, I was honestly, honestly, I was very impressed. So a pro for the kids would be learning how to take constructive criticism and different ways of looking at things. Absolutely. So Learning how to take constructive criticism and looking at things from different perspectives so that you can adjust what you need to do to keep trying and keep pushing forward. Yes, that is definitely a pro. My oldest was in volleyball for several years. And she had several different coaches, some of them she really liked, some of them she did not really like. And we had a lot of that learning how to take constructive criticism, which does roll into adulthood or even teenagehood, as she's now a full-grown teenager with a job. She has to be able to take criticism and from her bosses or other employees about something and take a step back and kind of reflect on it and reapproach it in a different way. Well, and like such as life, I mean, you're going to have bosses throughout your life that you get along with or you don't get along with or you like or you don't like, however you want to put it. and Or other employees. Right. And learning how to do it when you're young because you're in sports or activities of some extent is definitely a benefit. Yes. My middle child only did basketball for one year, and she just found out that it's not something that she wants to do. She did say she wanted to try uh, lacrosse or track next year, so she gets to pick one or the other, and we will see which one she actually likes or not likes and go from there. And then my son does baseball, and with missing an entire season Last year, because of COVID, he was really down at the beginning and middle of this season because he felt like he had lost so much and just wasn't up to speed with some of the other kids whose parents do have more time to practice at home or take them to the, what's that called? Pitching? No, the hitting. I know what you're talking about. Like, it's like the cage. Yep, the hitting cages or the pitching cages, cages. The batting yeah. cages. So, and my husband and I don't have time to do outside, like, take him places for those things because it, it 
I don't even think we have one around here. I've never, I think the closest one is like over an hour away. So I could be wrong because I haven't really like researched it, but I know there's one in Wausau. But that's the closest one that I'm aware of. I've never heard of one around here. And we were doing a crap ton of house projects last summer that, and being on the water and just enjoying our summer and not really being tied down to anything that we didn't really put any focus into any of the kids' sports. So he felt like he had fell behind and his coach did a bunch of constructive criticism to make him like reevaluate and redo certain things that he was doing and then change up the way he's practicing. And by the end of the season, he was really confident again and is ready to go into it again next season. So my son generally does football, um, which is quite a bit of a team sport. So obviously I feel like there's that team building and things like that that are going on there. Um, when he was playing before COVID hit, um, he was struggling a little bit because he was one of the younger kids on the team. And there is, I, don't, I think it's two or three other kids that were in his grade so they're not technically old enough to, at the time, they weren't technically old enough to play against other schools. So a lot of what they would do is just, like, same grade scrimmages and things like that um, and just have, you know, the fourth graders play the fifth graders or, you know, divide them up in some way so that they play against each other. Um, but towards the end there, he was uh, one of the younger players who was doing very well, so he was invited to join some of the older games and get a little bit of play time. And in one of the games they put him in and he didn't listen to what the coach said. So he got pulled out right away. And then he was frustrated and he was like, well, I don't understand. I, di I didn't understand what coach wanted. So it's not my fault. And I'm like, then you need to say that before you get out on the field. You know, there has to be that really quick communication. You can't have that shy moment of, um, um, biting your fingernails. Like, when you're in the middle of it. So that was kind of a learning experience for him. He was very disappointed at first, but once I kind of explained to him, like a communication part, right. And it's a team sport. So like everyone's relying on you to do your part because without everyone doing their part, the whole game can fall apart. And, um, he got, he, he got a better understanding of that. He did end up playing in a couple other games later on throughout the season. Um, and he'd usually just get a couple of plays in or whatever, but, he did have one where I think it was maybe not the next game, but the third, like the second game after his first incident. And it was pretty much like the exact same play, but this time he knew exactly what to do and he did get the tackle. So then he comes off the field and he's like so proud of himself for getting out there and doing the right thing. And then of course the other kids out on the field are like, yeah, you did it. You know, kind of just like we stopped the play sort of thing. And it was, they were about to score a touchdown, so he did stop them from scoring. And then they, they did, they were unable, the other team was unable to score any points that, um, that time that they had the ball. So that was, that was nice for him too. Um, but he has had his moments where that gets frustrating as well, because there is a lot of, I don't know if pressure is the right word, but it's a very physically demanding sport. So... You know, he's kind of got that little bit of competitiveness to him. And sometimes he gets frustrated with other kids who are also extremely competitive. And I don't even want to say he's extremely competitive, but 
I mean, every kid does like to win. So he'll have them do, you know, push-ups or burpees or running sprints and run and jump and do the ladder thing. And when he's not one of the fastest kids, it, it I can tell it bothers him, but I feel like it also drives him to do better. Um, so I feel like there's also that learning of... Um, we will be right back after a brief message about our sponsors. Have you heard about Anchor? It's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It is completely free. They have creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so that it can be heard on Spotify, Apple, and many more. You can also make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It is everything you need right at your fingertips and all in one place. All you have to do is download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. What am I trying to say? Like creating a balance of pushing yourself and not getting down on yourself at the same time. Right. Because you don't want to be comparing yourself to all the other players thinking that you're shit because you can't do it as fast or as many as the other player. So you do want to push yourself to be better, but you also don't want to push yourself so hard that then no one wants you on the team because you are overly competitive and not a team player. Right. Yes, the overly competitive and not a team player was kind of the direction I'm going. Because I feel like also sometimes when they, they run some of these like sprints and things like that, they get down to the end and you can see them like, like shoving each other a little bit, like teasing, like, ah, I was faster than you. But you can always tell that it's more of the, the like fun camaraderie, goofing around, like, I bet I'll beat you this time sort of thing. And if there are any kids that are slower or anything like that, no, I've never seen any of the kids pick on each other. And I, I damn well know, like, coach would never allow that. And my son, at least from what he tells me, is is not into the, the bullying or picking on other kids. He's, like, obviously, like, teasing my friends, yeah, but never picking on other kids for something that they're not as good at, something as you are, or things along those lines. So it's nice to hear that he, you know, he says those sorts of things. And I think that he gets some of that, too, from seeing how some of the older kids are out on the field and how they, they tease each other a little bit, but the older kids also set an example for him. And I feel like it also definitely stems from from the coaches and the leaders and the team captains to put on a good example for those kids because that's who they're ultimately looking up to and trying to to please and, you know, and meet requirements. Yes. And I feel like that can also be a downside. If you've got a coach who's just a Karen or a negative Nancy or always, like, screaming and yelling and yes. cutting them down like you're no good you're not doing good enough you fucking suck right get off my field i'll put someone in there who can get it done like now that's taking it to the exact opposite and i feel like that's not a good <clears throat> a good role model and not somebody that you want your kids looking up and looking after no that would be a con 
if you have a coach like that. I also feel like there's a balance between determining whether the coach is a really good coach and striving for what's best for the girls or the boys or whatever team it happens to be. Um, Cause I have heard of some teams who say, you know, this coach is too strict and they want too much and we want to have fun. So I feel like it, there's also the balance of figuring out, you know, cause everybody does want to have fun, but a lot of people also want to win. So what do we need to do to be a successful team and have fun and still win some games and things like that? So I know that there have been, I've heard of teams in the past who kind of get frustrated with coach if coach isn't helping them win games, but then if they get too strict to really push them, then they're upset because it's not as much fun. So I feel like you kind of have to play that one by ear and figure out and, and maybe maybe sit in on some some coaches, some like coaching practices. practices, games, things like that, so you can really see what's going on. Um, cause sometimes I feel that, especially young children, they can turn things around into something that it's not, or take words and twist them into something that it's not. Or be over dramatic. Yes. Emotional, especially teenage girls. Yes. Or my nine year old that cries about everything. Still so, love her though. Yes. I don't. She touched mice today. She's not allowed here anymore. <laughs> yes, my nine-year-old did assist in saving three mice, one true, and a frog out of our window well today. She couldn't, um, she didn't want to leave them in there because they cannot, once they fall in there, it's too deep. They can't get out on their own. So they'll die eventually. And she couldn't, she couldn't live with that one. So she was like, no, we gotta save them. So and did. they sent me Snapchats with all these videos of these nasty mice. And I send them back, like, stop sending this shit to me. I don't want to see dirty, nasty mice. But they just kept sending them. It was adorable. And I like torturing my sister. Yeah, a little too much. (laughs) Back to our conversation about sports. I do have a con. For me, the time that they do have to put in, which can also be a pro but like when my oldest was in volleyball she had practice three nights a week and three games a week plus she had her school so she was unable to work a job because she had no time to go to a job so that's she ended up giving up volleyball because she wanted a vehicle She's got to pay for insurance and all those things. And she likes having money. So she ended up giving up volleyball because she had no time to do her job. So to me, that's a bit of a con, especially during the school year. Maybe not so much during the summer months if you're doing a summer sport. But even then, they wanted her to come in over the summer months for these, like, camp things that they were planning for these extra learning exercises, even though it was the off-season, and they wanted her there at, like, 8 o'clock in the morning. Okay, but I work a job, and she didn't have a license yet. So you can't expect a, you know, a 6th, 7th, 8th, 
ninth or even a possibly 10th grader to be able to get to these day practices if their parents are working. Right. So I felt like that, that was a con for me. So she was unable to do any of the camp stuff because we had no one to give her a ride. And then, along with the time-consuming, even with my son's baseball, it's three nights a week. You know, one night of practice and then two nights of games. And his games don't even start until 5.30 at night or 6 30 at night. So you're not getting home till somewhere between 7 and 8 o'clock at night. And now he has to take a shower. It's already time for bed. I get up at 5 o'clock in the morning. My husband gets up at 4. So that way was a con for us. The times that it didn't really work out with our work schedules, things like that. I mean, we made it work. We obviously took him and did the season, but it was quite a strain to have to do all that and then not be able to do anything at my house for those three nights. You know, no cleaning, no cooking, no, which we figured out how to do it all and work around it, but I did feel like that was a con. I think there has to be some balance, too, because I totally understand what you're saying. Like, once... So, so because, so Hunter's in football right now, and because he's in the younger grades where it's not high school football yet, he's in middle school football now, so they will have games, but it's not as extensive as years past, or it's not as, I'm sorry, it's not as extensive as the high school where they practice like every day. So he only does two practices a week and then games on Saturdays. And when he was younger, same thing, two practices a week and scrimmages, they call them, so not really games on Sundays. Right. So that's not so bad, but once he gets older and it's four days a week and then games on Friday nights, like, I'm not looking forward to that. I'm a little nervous how that's going to shake down. It's going to be very time-consuming once he does get up to high school. I mean, when my oldest was doing volleyball, she was literally there all every night after school, every day of the week. And then they still wanted him to come in on Saturdays. It was very, very time-consuming. And if that's what they want to do, they're going to have to put in the time and the effort, which can also be a pro for the child. Learning how to manage all their time and fit everything in, you know, creating that balance of lost the word scheduling yeah I totally agree and then they also have to figure out how they want to proceed just like my oldest she was like I really want to play volleyball but if I play volleyball I can only work one night a week and if I only work one night a week I will have no gas money I'll have no spending money because it's all going to go to her vehicle insurance. So she decided that working was more important to her than doing sports. And maybe for some other parents, they want to do it a different way and maybe give their kids an allowance when they're in sports so that they can still drive around and go do things. That's not how we do it in uh, this Queen Bee's household. I am raising them to be completely self-sufficient adults. 
once they hit a certain age, they have certain tasks and responsibilities, and they have to stick to that crap. And I am, like, white on rice when it comes to that. But so were our parents. Right. So I, I mean, as a recap, I overall think that there are more pros than there are cons to having your kids in extracurricular activities, as long as the coaches or the supervisors or the parents who are running these activities, events, or if it's Girl Scouts, you know, the troop leaders, things like that, as long as they are pointing the kids in the right direction and are good role models, I definitely think there are, are way more pros to having your kids in sports and activities than there are cons. I know for me personally, there have been times where I have felt that it was a con in general because I'm like, shit, I got to go to town for like a seven freaking time in like three days. You know what I mean? Like just all the back and forth and the gas and the time. But seeing what your kids can really get out of it, I feel like that's definitely um, holds a lot of weight to it as well. Yes, I will put up with the time consuming con for them to learn that team building, the constructive criticism and all the other pros that we had talked about. I mean, I drove all the way to town at 10 o'clock at night to pick her up from a volleyball game because she had an away game, and they don't even get back till, you know, between 9, 30, 10 o'clock, and I'm driving to town in my slippers and pajamas just to pick her up. Right. And then she has come home, shower, do her homework, go to bed, and then get up at 6 o'clock the next day. But it teaches them how to prioritize and set a schedule. And I also gave her a little bit of advice towards that when she was in volleyball. Like, I understand that when you're on the school bus for an away game, that because most of their away games are like an hour away, that you want to socialize and hang out with your teammates. But if you do have a lot of homework to do, Maybe you should really think about utilizing the time on the bus to get your homework done. So that way you aren't staying up till midnight because you ended up socializing for the two hours that you spent on the bus when you could have used those two hours to get all your homework done. Right. And all you had to do when you got home was shower and go to bed. So that's another quick little tip in there for those traveling type sports. If you haven't thought about spreading that kind of thought to your kids, they probably won't do it all the time or even half the time or even a quarter of the time because they'll want to socialize. But that's their choice. If they if they don't do it on the bus, they got to do it when they get home. So right. that's all I have. Sounds good to me. Do we have any challenges? We haven't done a challenge in quite a while. Let's do something random. Not related. Okay. Well, I don't really have a challenge, but I do have a question. Okay. So, when you are so hungry that you start getting angry, it's called hangry. Right? Correct. So, what is it called when you are so horny but not getting any that you start getting angry because you can't use hangry even though horny starts with an h like should it be horngry or something else shoot us a message tell us what you think 
What are your thoughts? What should we name this thing? All right. Well, we'll talk to you soon. Until next time. You can send us an email to queenbeespodcast at gmail.com. You can shoot us a message over on the Tickety Talk or Instagram or Facebook. And you can also join our Facebook group called Queen Bee's Rap Session and drop the comments in there. I will ask the question in the group so you can drop those comments. Send them on over and we'll update you on what everyone comes back with. Have a great week.